Gold, Business Development Director at SafePro Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a quick look around Asian equity markets in Australia. Uh, stocks are pretty well flat now. Uh, in Japan, the Nikkei 225 also slipping a little bit from its earlier highs, up 0.1%. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng Index is going to open more or less flat as well. In South Korea, the Cosby up just 0.1% right now. In the commodities markets, uh, Brent crude oil is continuing its surge. It's now uh, close to $65 a barrel, $64.92 right now. Gold is rebounding a little bit. It's at $1,780 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned to Radio 3. Back chat's coming up next with Danny Gittings and Nixie Lamb. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast. Fine and dry, cool in the morning. Maximum temperature is going to be about 22 degrees during the day and the weather will remain fine in the next few days. Dry with cool mornings tomorrow and on Saturday and then warm during the day early next week. There is a yellow fire danger warning in force in Hong Kong right now. It's 17 degrees, 54% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The U.S. authorities have charged three North Koreans with conspiring to steal more than a billion dollars in cash and cryptocurrency from banks and businesses worldwide. A U.S. Justice Department indictment described the three intelligence agents as the world's leading bank robbers. A spokesperson for the U.S. State Department, Ned Price, said the threat of cyber attacks was ongoing. North Korea's malicious cyber activities threaten the United States. They threaten our allies and partners in other countries around the world. Um, We know that North Korea poses a significant cyber threat to financial institutions. It remains a cyber espionage threat. It retains the ability to conduct uh, disruptive cyber attacks. Facebook has announced it will block Australian users for sharing or viewing news in response to a dispute over proposed tech legislation. The law would effectively force tech giants Google and Facebook to strike deals with media companies in Australia or have fees set for them. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. Australia's proposed legislation has solicited very different responses from two tech giants. The law would effectively force Google and Facebook to strike deals with media companies or have fees set for them. Facebook reacted on Wednesday, saying it would now not allow news content to be read or shared on its newsfeed in Australia. Google had threatened to shut down its search engine in the country. However, it announced on Wednesday a deal agreed with News Corp, owner of the Wall Street Journal and two-thirds of Australia's major newspapers, to develop a subscription platform and share advertising revenue. The European Union has taken steps to overcome the slow start to its coronavirus vaccination programme by signing a major deal with the US company Moderna. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said another 150 million doses would be delivered in the second half of the year, with an option for a similar amount next year. The BBC's Nick Beek reports. This deal nearly triples the EU's orders of the Moderna jab at a time when Brussels is desperate to get hold of more vaccines and show it's in control. The EU has been affected by production problems at other vaccine makers, including Pfizer and AstraZeneca. But it's also faced heavy criticism over a slow rollout and a hastily abandoned plan to override part of the Brexit agreement in order to restrict the export of jabs made in the EU. Ursula von der Leyen also announced funding to test for and to research emerging strains of the virus. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Gittings. Your co-host this morning is Nixie Lamb. Good morning, Nixie. Good morning. On today's show, we'll be looking at RTHK's controversial decision to end its relay of the BBC World Service and BBC Newsweekly after China's National Radio and Television Administration announced that BBC World Service was not allowed to continue its service within Chinese territory. Decision has been criticised by some as undermining Hong Kong's autonomy. Since local government departments are not normally expected to follow decisions of their mainland counterparts. But it's been praised by others who say that 24 years after the handover, RTHK has no business continuing to relay programming from the public broadcaster of Hong Kong's former colonial ruler. So what do you think? Is RTHK's move a blow to press freedom and Hong Kong's autonomy? Or a long overdue step that will free up the airways for other programming? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk. That's backchat at rthk.hk. Or give us a call. The number there, 233-88266. That's 233-88266. Later in the programme, we'll be looking at yet another proposal for premium taxis. Now, the decision to drop the uh, BBC... Uh, uh, to drop the uh, BBC World Service Relay and BBC News Weekly was announced by RTHK uh, last week, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, the statement from RTHK said, as the National Radio and Television Administration announced that BBC World News was not allowed to continue its services within Chinese territory and it would not accept the BBC's broadcast applications for the new year, RTHK will suspend the relay of BBC World Service and BBC News Weekly from 20 three hours on the 12th of February. That was the RTHK statement. We've been told that RTHK does not have anything to add to this statement, but of course we can discuss it. And I'll get our first guest um, in the show this morning is Chris Young, chair of the Hong Kong Journalist Association. We will also later be joined by uh, Holok Sang from Lingnan University. And after nine o'clock, Eugene Chan. Eugene Chan was formerly the chair of RTHK's board of advisors from 2016 to 2020. Uh, but first, let's go to a selection of comments coming in from listeners a large number of comments from listeners already if you go to um, our facebook page for um, um back chat on rthk radio free you can see the debate there and of course you're welcome to email us uh, please do email as soon as possible we try and bring in comments from listeners but especially when they're a large number if they come in later during the program it can be difficult Dan says on Facebook, I suggest replacing RTHK World Service with Money FM 89.3 from Singapore. Far better than the World Service on many levels, including more Asian news and features. Uh, Peter, however, says RTHK should hang their heads in shame. The World Service should carry on being broadcast. If the Lamb government and CCP close you down, so be it. But to kowtow to them is cowardice. You have got this one badly wrong. Henry says, and responding to um, uh, the uh, introduction to Backchat, which referred to this as a controversial decision, those who said it is controversial are wrong. Hong Kong is part of China. China has banned the BBC within Chinese territory, so it's right and logical that Hong Kong follows suit. It's one country. Is Hong Kong not Chinese territory? Please don't make a fuss about two systems. People should bear in mind that Hong Kong has to integrate with China more and more, and the two systems can only refer to way of life. If anyone missed BBC Relay, they can surely check the BBC website. Are they internet ignorant or just pretending to or trying to stir something up? Or are they just too lazy not to use their hand to do the surfing? Among the emails coming in, um, 
Wan says the UK was the first to ban China's CGTN like it did Iran's press TV before that. Then has the nerve to complain when China takes reciprocal measures to suspend BBC broadcasts in China. And now even RTHK suspending the relay of BBC World Service. Let's critically take stock of the state of media freedom in the UK. The UK is not even a safe place for journalists. Julian Assange is prosecuted and tortured for exposing US rendition, unlawful killings, subversion of the judiciary. The UK government is allowing extradition proceedings to continue. Allow, although the prosecution of Julian Assange was based on a political decision by the US, the UK government has created a dangerous legal precedent, allowing any journalist there to be prosecuted and extradited. Why doesn't the UK government do what's right for media freedom and, uh, and do the right thing and release Assange? Um, and finally, for the moment, from Alan, uh, also picking up on the introduction of this program, talking about uh, dropping the BBC as a long overdue divorce uh, from a legacy of the colonial past. Alan says, this implies that Hong Kong's colonial legacy is evil and must be expunged. Another step on Xi Jinping's reenactment of the Cultural Revolution. Since we largely missed out on it the first time round, Hong Kong has to catch up. Now we must destroy the four olds, old ideas, old culture, old habits and old customs. Is Hong Kong's colonial legacy a long overdue for divorce? Hong Kong must give up speaking English, drinking lai chai, using the MTR? This is nothing to do with colonial legacy and simply part of the purging of all the media that does not count out of Beijing, like Apple Daily, using the nationalistic and xenophobic rhetoric of authoritarianism. We all expect RTHK to be purged slowly or quickly until it becomes Xinhua in all but name. One day, Nuri Vitachi and Grenville Cross will host Backcheck and RTHK will be truly be dead. Thank you very much. There's listeners to those selection of comments. Many more, which we'll try to get to as the show proceeds. Uh, but now let's go to our first guest, uh, Chris Young. Chris Young, chair of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, good morning, Danny and Nick now you hear some very contrasting views from our listeners there. Uh, the uh, yeah. opinion is uh, opinion is very divided on whether or not RTHK did the right thing. And what, what's your take on this? Well, uh, the biggest problem, of course, is the decision itself. Uh, I think a very short statement by RTHK uh, speaks for itself. Uh, first, it said uh, it's a decision made by the National Radio and Television Administration, and then it said RTHK say decide to um, say. Um, cancel or to, to, to cancel the program. But what's the relationship? RTHK has no relationship whatsoever with this uh, National Radio and Television Administration. This administration does not make decisions, and its decision does not, uh, say, directly apply to Hong Kong. The, the RTHK, say, um, is affiliated to the Commerce and Economic Development Bureau. And um, if there's any decision, by the, say, what we perhaps would call, in quote, central government, um, say, in Tema. Uh, it is a decision that, that, that should have been made by then, and then, say, um, uh, RTHK follows, uh, but not RTHK itself. But I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, Hong Kong should follow uh, whatever um, the, administra and the administration under the state, Chinese State Council um, because simply because of one country, two systems. Um, uh, any decisions made even by the finance ministry and other, say, more important, say, uh, ministry under the uh, state council, they do not directly, say, apply to Hong Kong simply because of one country, um, two systems. 
So um, uh, I think it's uh, it's a it's a worrying uh, worrying and 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 disturbing say decision made by RT. Uh, HK itself. Do you think it's um, disturbing for the UK to ban CGTN first? Well, um, why why that has any relationship with of this Of course. Uh, I mean, it, as, a, as a very experienced journalist, you know this is the history and the backbone of this decision. Well, uh, Alexis, yeah. uh, you, you know what's the Nixon. background of CGTN, right? Um, uh, this is not a, say, publicly run, say, media organization any media organization has to uh, comply with their, say, local legislations. This is the rule of law uh, in any places. Mm-hmm. If you operate in mainland China, right, you have to comply with the mainland China's uh, relevant uh, broadcasting no, rules. I mean, simply... Regarding governing, governing, say, first, the background of, of media organizations. I think it's a similar problem uh, that uh, that we we saw in say United States now in now now in UK um, yes I think China has a different media system you don't I, I think, think perhaps a lot of most of the media organizations are owned by state are owned by the state uh, CGTN is no no exception and and then the UA, UK government has its own law. Say, uh, yeah, but it's a political uh, decision, right? I think, I think everybody knows it's a political decision. Yes, and so why that has to relationship with so the, that means with the, 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 the one-hour program, say, run by RTHK and provided by BBC in UK? Mm. Uh, I think it's a clearly political tit for tat. Yeah. And why, why Hong Kong should be dragged into this uh, political tit for tat? Well, Hong Kong uh, has been always been in the middle of this political struggling thing. But I, I think it, it's uh, a political. Think, uh, this is, this is, you're wrong. I think under the one country, two systems. Hong Kong, I think the, the original intention of one country, two systems is to make sure that Hong Kong, say, uh, operates on its own or non, say, uh, uh, defense or, or non-defense matters or non-diplomatic matters. And this is a media issue. Yeah, so the, the, the point I'm getting to is basically it's a political decision by the UK to ban CGT first. Then it, it sort of becomes a, a, a country's sort of like defense thing, so to say, okay, you are banning CGTN, then I'm banning your um, your media's to be available in my country. So, so Hong Kong is basically you, following that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So are you, are you suggesting that that say Hong Kong should ban say B, uh, BBC's? Uh, I mean, it's not a total ban. You can go online, and it's not it's not something. I think you can you can use the iPhone to go online and search on okay. the channels. So where's, the, where's the principle? Where's the principle then? You're, you're talking about principle, well, What's the principle right? that BBC has to be on RTHK? <laughs> okay, we're, we're discussing uh, RTHK's decision to uh, suspend its relay of uh, certain BBC programs following an announcement from China's National Radio and uh, Television Administration. Uh, you just heard uh, Chris Young, chair of the Hong Kong Journalist Association, uh, discussing the issue with my co-host, uh, uh, Nixie Lam. Uh, numerous emails continuing to come in from uh, listeners on this topic. Let me just bring in a couple more short ones. We've got some longer ones we'll get to uh, later in the program. Uh, Jim says, England closed down a PRC news network. Why is it unfair to return the favour? Tom says, 
People loudly proclaiming their demands with no plan how to get to them and flurries of moral certitude has made the world so much worse in the last few years. The current BBC shutdown is a good example. Having the BBC turned on in China and CGTN in the UK is clearly a win-win for everyone. And with a bit of pragmatic politics, it would be so easy to get there. But I'm sure we can expect more loud moral statements from UK politicians rather than a simple deal. Thank you very much. We're also now joined uh, by Holok Sang. Holok Sang is a senior research fellow at the Pan Tong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University and regular guest on Backchat. Uh, good morning, um, Professor. Prof welcome back to Backchat. What is your take on, uh, we've been hearing some very contrasting views on uh, RTHK's decision to um, uh, drop uh, certain BBC programming. What's your take on this? Well, first of all, uh, of course, I always wish that uh, journalism would be independent uh, of politics, um, even though, of course, I understand that journalists also have their own political positions, and uh, I just hope that the professionalism can prevail uh, regardless of the stand of the, uh, uh, the, the, the country, okay, the, uh, the people who, who govern. Um, but, uh, you see, I was actually very much surprised, you know, when I, when I searched uh, the, the regulation, you know, for BBC, and I discovered that the BBC must be, uh, is accountable to the foreign secretary, Actually, it is not regulated by the Office of Communications, and instead it, is, uh, it has to uh, uh, report uh, every year uh, in reasonable detail uh, according to the objectives, targets, and priorities as laid out and as agreed with the Foreign Secretary, and that is verbatim. Um, uh, Okay, from, from I, I'm no expert on the BBC, but I think that's a reference to the BBC World Service and the fact that the BBC World Service, until a couple of years ago, the radio sh part of the World Service used to be funded by the British government, although that has now changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it's it's just the the World Service, you know, that 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 uh, the that, that uh, Beijing has been complaining about, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, the World Service, uh, according to to Beijing, has has been spreading fake news against China. And as far as I know, uh, CGTN, uh, of course, it is, uh, it is under the uh, jurisdiction of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the Beijing government. Uh, but at the same time, I have never seen any so-called bad-mouthing of other countries. What do you and make of... That is very bad. And, 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 and what, I'm, what I'm hoping is that... Um, these, uh, you know, fake news is something that cannot be tolerated, of course. Okay, mm -hmm. and and I think that is the bottom line of professionalism. What do you make of Chris Young's point, and a number of others have raised this also, that it's almost unprecedented for a Hong Kong government department, which is what RTHK is, to be following uh, the decisions of a mainland government de department, uh, which is, is what, what's basically happening in, in this case, and that uh, under one country, two systems, so there's not supposed to be this sort yeah, of relationship is, between Hong Kong government is, departments uh, and mainland yeah, departments. Yeah, in principle, that is true. But in this particular case, because it has to do with diplomacy, mm. okay? It has to do with diplomacy because the uh, the BBC World Service, uh, according to, uh, to to Beijing, has been spreading fake news too, and uh, CGTN has been uh, uh, banned, you know, by by uh, the uh, uh, the 
the UK, and uh, that is something that uh, uh, has to do with diplomacy. And I think uh, um, if it is uh, has to do with diplomacy, then uh, what follows under the dip- uh, under under the uh, the consideration about diplomacy that is something that that Hong Kong would have to follow. Chris Young, would you like to respond to that point? That uh, I know it wasn't announced as an issue of foreign affairs, but uh, that in practice this is a really an issue of foreign affairs, and that's why um, Hong Kong has to follow uh, China's remit on this issue. Well, uh, I take a simple view on this. Uh, if this is uh, for, uh, foreign relations matters, I suppose that uh, it should uh, come from the foreign ministry, but not by a by not by the national radio and television administration, which is not directly under foreign ministry in, in the Chinese uh, uh, state council. So, so um, I think that to, to, to me, I think uh, it is a, 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 a decision by the administration. But of course, um, you, you can extend anything to, to foreign relations or diplomacy in, in perhaps a real life. Um, but but I, I, again, I think, um, as I said at the very beginning, I think from day one, um, I think the, the, the original intention of one country is to, uh, is to make sure that uh, Hong Kong's way of life, I think one of the readers said way of life, I think uh, uh, choosing, say, uh, listening to programs, media, uh, contents from many different sources uh, is part of the way of life here. And um, if you don't like BBC and uh, perhaps the Singaporean, say, uh, uh, media organization, that's better. Uh, RTHK should, well, perhaps at some point review and, um, and then uh, take a decision, and that's an editorial decision, uh, but not a political decision uh, like this um, now. Uh, Holok Sen, how about Chris Young's point that this this has not been stated to be an issue of foreign affairs? China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs has said nothing on this. The the the, uh, the statement came from a, um, a domestic um, ministry within China. Well, I would respond to the point about uh, uh, about way of life. Um, actually, as was suggested earlier by someone, I, I I'm not sure yeah, uh, who who it was. You know. People in Hong Kong can still watch uh, BBC if they want. There are lots of ways of watching BBC World Service or whatever. Okay, it's not it's not banned as such. Okay, so so the the extent to which uh, BBC is so-called banned in Hong Kong is not like what it is in on, on the mainland. And uh, the way that CGTN is banned in the UK is quite different. On the other hand, you know in the um, as far as I understand, it would be very difficult for you, for you know, for for a UK person, you know, to uh, to uh, to tune on to CGTN. Christian. Well, um, well, of course, uh, I think uh, now now in days of, of internet, we have, we have access to uh, Hong Kong. I think still, I think pe- people still have uh, access to a lot of content. But but as media organisations. Including RTHK, uh, I think uh, what we have to do is to comply with the local law, the Hong Kong law, uh, in our broadcasters, in our say uh, editorial content. Uh, uh, may our decisions, uh, judgments on professional say uh, grounds, uh, including the coverage, the quality, the standards, the variety, 
And uh, if we look around and we think perhaps, uh, well, BBC or perhaps other media organizations that's better, and we have limited time slots for uh, such broadcasters, we make decisions, and that's editorial decisions. But, but this time it's so clear, it's so clear that uh, it is a political decision just because of a decision made by the National Radio and Television Administration without going through what I said earlier, the editorial consideration. Uh, what about the, the response from some of the staff in your union uh, from RTHK? I mean, the, they have been quite um, laying low on the response and everything. We don't actually hear much. Uh, well, like, the staff yeah. union did come out initially after the decision. We don't have a yeah. representative this morning, but they did come out after the decision and expressed quite strong concerns. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a I'll lot also... of the management didn't really respond to much. Yes. Uh, maybe I also, uh, Chris, there's a question coming from a, uh, from a listener. Anthony says, um, Chris Young, what do you make of the news content of CGTN? Have you encountered any misrepresentation in CGTN's news content similar to BBC's news and photos deliberately hiding the pool taps of the, sorry, RTHK's news and photos deliberately hiding the pool taps of canned food? That's, of course, a reference to uh, one of the recent uh, lockdown testings in Hong Kong and some debate at the time over um, some of the reporting of that. Chris Young? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that because I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to comment on the content of CGTN simply because I, I have not re really watched a lot of their uh, coverage. And uh, I'm not saying that, um, I, I'm not commenting. Uh, so far, I, I have not made any comment on uh, UK's decisions uh, on, uh, on CGTN about their content. I think apparently, apparently the UK decisions is on their ownership. It's on the background of the media organizations, but not on the content. I don't think, I have not seen any, say, UK uh, uh, government's comment on the content of CGTN, but, but only on its background. Oh. And uh, I, 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 I can only assume that, uh, that there's something not in line with their relevant mm. uh, law. And uh, to me, as journalists, uh, I think we, we, we support openness. We support openness. And uh, say um, it's for uh, it's for the readers, it's for, for the public uh, to to decide uh, what they uh, what they would like to see and watch. Uh, now let's go back to Holok Sang because there's an important issue we haven't touched on so far. Uh, RTHK is not the only media organisation in Hong Kong that's been relaying um, uh, programming from the BBC. Uh, programming from the BBC is carried on Now TV, Cable TV and um, on TVB. Um, the statement from the Chinese National Radio and T Television Administration just referred to the territory of China. It didn't refer to public broadcasters. So um, Holok Sang, would, would you then say that um, these other organisations, Cable TV and so on, they should stop carrying BBC programming as well, in line with this decision? Well, um, I think that um, I would rather uh, uh, let, them, let them decide. You know, but uh, RTHK, on the other hand, is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is a government organization, and, and, and the Hong Kong government is, is, uh, is, uh, is, is the SAR government, and SAR is part of, part, part of China. So, um, so that 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 makes uh, uh, RTHK, I think, uh, in, in a rather different position uh, compared to the private uh, uh, broadcasters. Chris Young, what's your assessment of the likely reaction of uh, the private broadcasters on this issue? Well, um, 
I I noticed uh, the immediate reactions from the other, say, broadcasters. Um, uh, they, I think one said uh, they are assessing, they are looking into the, the matter, and uh, none of them made any specific uh, comment saying that, that they will continue. I, I assume that, of course, that they will continue. Uh, assume it, but but they they apparently uh, it caused uh, as I said earlier, it's disturbing. I would say disturbing not just to RTHK but to other say uh, uh, broadcasters here because um, it is a a, 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 a clear a political decision, and you you cannot rule out the possibility that um, uh, they will, will become more uh, uh, uncertain un- uncertain about say uh, carrying such. Uh, programs in in, 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 in in the future. And okay. um, that, that's to the... Okay, hold on a second, yes. Uh, yeah, yes, I'd like to make one, just one point. Yeah, just quickly. Uh, you know, before I go, I know that uh, time is uh, coming up. Um, I just want to, uh, uh, to echo the point that was mentioned earlier on by... Uh, is it... Uh, what, what was the name of the person? Uh, Chris Young. Uh, Christian, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, referring to the fact that CGTN was banned in the UK, not because of the contents, but because of its association, you know, uh, uh, of its background. And I think that's really terrible, you know, because um, you do not ban a a journalism because of one's background. You should look at the, you know, the contents. If if there's some, you know, if there's fake news or if there's some some, uh, clear bias in in, in some way that... uh, that, uh, okay, I'm sorry, hold on, I really will have to cut you off there because we are out of time, we're coming out to the news, but okay, we're going to continue sure. the discussion. I will say goodbye to uh, uh, Chris Young and Holok San, but we're going to be joined by the former chair of RTH, RTH's Board of Advisors, Eugene Chan, after the news. Do let us know your thoughts. Many emails coming on. We'll get to those after the news as well. Uh, the weather forecast, fine and dry, cool in the morning, maximum temperature about 22 degrees. Currently 17 degrees, relative humidity 54%. Stay with us, we'll be back in three minutes. Welcome back to Backchat. I'm Danny Gittings. Your co-host this morning is Nixie Lamb. In the second half of the show, we're continuing the discussion about RTHK's uh, decision to uh, suspend its relay of certain BBC programmes following an announcement from China's National Radio and Television Administration that BBC World News was not allowed to continue its service within Chinese territory. Also, later later in the show, we'll be talking about another proposal uh, for premium taxis. Our guests, as we continue the uh, show, we have um, on the line now Eugene Chan. Eugene Chan is the former chair of RTHK's Board of Advisors from 2016 to 2020 and will be joined also shortly by uh, Tim Hamlet. Tim Hamlet is a former associate journalism professor at Hong Kong Baptist University and currently a Hong Kong free press columnist. Very large number of comments coming in from listeners. Um, let, let me try and get to a selection of them. Apologies if we miss any out. Um, we'll start with the uh, shorter comments coming in from listeners. We will try and bring in some of the longer ones later. Uh, Jim says, uh, Western media should generally report alternative truths about issues in the PRC. Why should those media outlets not be punished for lies? Uh, this question was relating to uh, Chris Young, who's gone gone now. Uh, Jim says, the BBC shutdown of CGTN was based on ownership only. Is the BBC not also a government-owned agency? John says, I had to chuckle at the thought that the Commerce and Economic Development Bureau, as the theoretical regulator for RTHK, ought to be the one issuing Beijing's edicts to Hong Kong media. 
Of course, the Commerce and Economic Development Bureau is going to run away from that as fast as they can. The CD, uh, those Commerce and Economic Development Bureau is preparing to go to the WTO and declare hand on heart that Hong Kong remains fully autonomous and the world should respect the autonomous made in Hong Kong label and global trade. They don't want their fingerprints on the imposition of Beijing media policies on Hong Kong. It gives to the lie to their carefully crafted autonomy fairy tale. It may be true there's still widgets made in Hong Kong, but it's increasingly clear that virtual policies for Hong Kong are made in uh, Beijing. Um, and uh, Mark says, I do believe that the BBC deserves to lose its privileged status on Hong Kong's airwaves, as there have been too many accusations of bias in its reporting of world news. Okay, we'll get to more comments from listeners later, but let's now go to uh, Eugene Chan. Eugene Chan, uh, former chair of RTHK's Board of Advisors from 2016 uh, to 2020. Good morning, Mr. Chan. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Danny. Um, also, I'm a member since the inception of the Board of Advisors from 2010-2016, so I've been with RTHK on this basis for the last 10 years. A long time, in, a long time indeed. Uh, now, you're no longer on the board, right? Or you... uh, yeah, my term finishes last uh, August 31st. Yes. So you're not speaking, and in any case, the board doesn't take day-to-day decisions at RTHK. You're not speaking officially on behalf of RTHK, but uh, based on your own uh, long experience, uh, association with RTHK, um, do you believe it was necessary for RTHK to follow this decision from China's National Radio and Television Administration? And if so, why? Um, first question, I think we, you and I read exactly the same thing from the news, that RTHK announced that they no longer will air two of the BBC programs. Um, it doesn't say why, it doesn't say anything. So honestly, I see no evidence, or I mean, direct evidence of their following from China's NRTA. And actually, let, let me ask the question, why is there the assumption? I mean, it hasn't been said. So why should there be a thumbs Well, no, the, uh, the announcement from RTHK did cite, I read it out earlier, it said, right. as the National Radio and Television Administration has announced the BBC World News was okay. not allowed to continue, it, it mentioned that directly, uh, in, okay. and then going on for RTHK to say what was um, uh, the reason. And, of course, it came just a few hours after the decision. Oh, from, I see. Yes. I see. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very easy to, to put things together. The reason why I bring that up is, in, in, in the world now, it's not Hong Kong. We are always faced with a lot of, a lot of presumptions, a lot of, I mean, obviously accusations for, of things that may not have happened. And and the world, we need more factual things to to move on. Um, you ask why is it necessary? I mean, I don't think it's necessary at all. I mean, the 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 NRTA actually is saying that based on the fact that they claim that it's, it's fake news, that's what they said, that the um, they're no longer airing the world news in, in mainland. Um, in Hong Kong, we have two long-running programs, the RTHK, um, um, the, the weekly, the two programs, right? The World, um, the world Services Channel, as, yeah, World Services, as well as uh, uh, weekly, mm. weekly, weekly Yeah, News Weekly. News Weekly, yes. Thank you for that in, in English. <laughs> so, um, honestly, I, it's definitely the director and the management of RTHK decision. To me, it is just a programming change. Mm. Um, it's, I think it's within the charter because the director of broadcasting has its final editorial uh, decision. So it's up to them why they do it. And I'm sure because with my long association with the three directors in the last 10 years and the management, I'm sure they know the charter very well. They know the rules very well. 
So I would trust it to the management, to the judgment. So you think this was simple programming decision, and it, 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 um, it's, it's nothing to do with pressure from uh, from the Hong Kong government or indeed from mainland regulators? Um, if you ask my personal experience, I've been there for the last 10 years. Um, quite the contrary, there are a lot of outcry in the public saying the government that they don't do enough uh, policing for, for our LTXK. Um, they are, and, and you can hear from the public that a lot of the pro-establishment uh, uh, persons in Hong Kong accusing RTXK of actually against government. So uh, would there be direct orders? This wouldn't have happened. So I don't see any evidence of it. But I can see why people are seeing from that light. Again, this decision is announced immediately after the decision from the uh, the mainland regulators. How can we say there's no connection at all, especially when RTHK mentions this in its own statement uh, announcing it? Um, I mean, to, uh, Hong Kong SAR is part of China. We know very well, one country, two systems. So if the director and the management would like to be aligned with the national policy, which is understandable, but we need... The, the confirmation from the director as well as the management to see if this is the reason why they do it. But if you, from a public's point of view, that if a, a local station following the national guideline, I think is understandable. Do you, do you think it would be helpful to have more explanation from uh, the director of RTHK? And RTHK as, as we mentioned, there's just been this uh, very short statement that was issued immediately after the decision, and um, we've been told that there's no elaboration on that statement. I, I certainly feel that is definitely. I think it's it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, I think. The, the, I mean, if you had uh, read my comments in the public, I've always asked the director of broadcasting to come and meet the public and to show his desire to make Hong LTXK a much better public broadcaster. Mm. We had seven complaints in the last two years, where during my term there were like four, and I mean, their public outcry to want to be the director, and I think the director should come up. I agree totally because he is the person running RTXK, and I think we all want to hear from him. Okay. So he just has to step up more and explain more on every decision. I think exactly. that's a bit tough, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, like all leaders, all the people would want to have clearer direction. Um, but honestly, Mr. Leung, and he's a very experienced person in the media industry, and the management board, I know a lot of them, actually both of them, and they're all very good people. So we have to trust their management. Mm. Although I'm asking them to come up, I've never said they have done not a good job, mm. except that there's a mismatch in uh, implementing the charter. We have mentioned many times in public myself. Now this uh, this uh, decision to drop the BBC has left a big gap in RTHK's English language radio programming. Uh, right. uh, radio Radio 4, which used to be relaying it now, is just merged with Radio 3 overnight. There's, there's no separate programming. Um, uh, do you think RTHK should receive additional funding to, to fill the gap, basically? Uh, we are already <laughs> receiving like one billion dollars per year. Sixty-five percent is on our staff cost, and I think if you look at all the all the media industry, they're all having uh, different problems of because of the uh, less less uh, subscribers on on the advertisement and all that. And I'm sure we can relocate resources, and then we we may encourage more local programs. And but mind you, I'm quite confident that our annual plan. Every year, we look into different possibilities of bringing the programs. If you look at our charter, um, which I'm, I'm a little more familiar with that, the charter on, le- on, on, on number five, it says we provide timely, impartial coverage of local, national, and global 
uh, events and, 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 and issues. And it doesn't say we have to come from which particular broadcaster. And I think maybe it's time that we have more input from other uh, uh, broadcasters from, from um, um, uh, global events, which I think I welcome that. So you still think there's a role for overseas broadcasters on, on RTHK on news? How, how about the BBC? RTHK hasn't, hasn't dropped all the BBC news coverage. Some BBC news coverage still appears on RTHK. Do you, do you think that's correct, or RTHK should drop all BBC news coverage? In my personal opinion, I mean, of course, the, we are renowned for our editorial independence, and we leave it to the, to the chief editor, which is the director of broadcasting. But, but I know very well that in Hong Kong we're welcome global information. We want to hear different perspectives as long as it is impartial and especially it is accurate. In Hong Kong, this is what we strive for. We have, if you look at the basic law, Article 27, it actually has promised the people of Hong Kong, which it has done, the freedom of press, freedom of speech. And I personally, I look forward to, to, to more input from other national broadcasters. And what do you say to those people who are concerned about this? Do you understand the concerns of people, including the RTHK yes, staff union, who are concerned? What would you say to them? Uh, what reassurance me, I, do you I have met so many staff, and I know how they feel. They're worried that they're worried, or they're concerned that why are we suddenly losing our independent status? Why are we falling? What the meaning does? I understand that concern, but let's have more confidence. Hong Kong have our own sets of rules and, and law. And the RTC, we have our charter, we have a producer guideline, and I know the director as well as the management, they will adhere to the charter. Even the Hong Kong government officials adhere to the charter. You have listened to the chief executive and the secretary for commerce it's and technical development. It, they do that. So don't worry. Trust, have a trust in the system and the Hong Kong people. That's my work. That's my view. Okay, thank you very much. That was uh, Eugene Chan, the uh, former chair of RTHK's Board of Advisors, uh, joining us. We're also joined by uh, Tim Hamlet. Tim Hamlet is a former associate journalism professor at Hong Kong Baptist University um, and a Hong Kong Free Press columnist. Uh, Tim Hamlet, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Uh, what is your, what, what's your take on what you just heard from uh, Eugene Chan? <laughs> I'm finding it difficult to keep a straight face. Perhaps you could elaborate. Uh, you know, trust the board, follow the charter. Come on, this is nonsense. We know what's going on here. Ex explain further. I mean, the, the, the whip has been cracked. Um, RTHK has been under tremendous pressure for a year because uh, people think it should peddle the government line. And uh, the, the, the decision has been made in Beijing and it's being imposed on us. Uh, and yet, still, we're discussing, and you're, here you are on RTHK uh, criticising this decision, mm -hmm. using quite strong language. Um, we've been reading our emails from um, listeners saying all kinds of things. Uh, you, you can't say editorial independence is dead at RTHK. No, I can't say it's dead. I can only say it's been diminished. Ha has it been diminished? Would you, would you, be, on this, would you be on this show if, if it was? Yes. I think you, you don't do the BBC anymore. What's, what's the, you think that was done voluntarily? What is it so critical about having BBC? It's not so critical about having BBC. What is critical is about RTHK making its own decisions for its own reasons. So that obviously hasn't happened. Well, we don't actually know that, do we? We can, uh, yeah. we can make <laughs> supposition, and I, I agree that the, the, the time is very interesting, but we, we can make supposition, but we, we, don't know for, we don't know that there was any kind of order. In fact, do you think there was an order, or do you think RTHK yes. just jumped itself? Of course there was an order. <laughs> but, but maybe it's, it's just RTHK management, they think, well, maybe we should start following the lines or things like that. 
I mean, it, it, that doesn't, well, that, doesn't, well, that there's a difference, right? <laughs> if there's direct order, like a phone call or whatever, and management thinking that maybe they should start doing something because they have been having complaints about uh, about the decision or, or their ways of reporting things from the, from the Hong Kong public. But I don't think anyone in the Hong Kong public has been complaining about the fact well, that that's they have a Well, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Tim Hamlin, stay with us. We've had a lot of comments from listeners. We haven't had a chance to bring them in, and very diverse uh, views indeed. Perhaps you could um, offer some views on some of them. Uh, Let me first of all uh, bring in Bowen, who actually emailed us yesterday. He said, um, uh, referring to an article by uh, Neville Cerrone, which I think appeared on EJ Insight on this topic, uh, uh, Bowen says, in ending his recent article on the BBC's waning fortunes in this region by saying the central government is extremely effective because absolute power controls our Absolutely. Mr. Neville Cerrone is most probably harking back to Lord Acton's most famous saying. If that's the case, he's right to do so. But Mr. Cerrone is very much mistaken in saying in the same article, Hong Kong people are learning the hard way that its rulers will not countenance a difference in opinion. He does not realise that most native Hong Kongers have from their early days a bread-in-the-bone understanding of that trait of their rulers. With respect, I also cannot agree with Mr. Cerrone on his take on the pandemic's rejection of the Standing Committee's 831 reform package, although I refrain from elaborating on this here. On Mr. Cerrone's previous criticism of the apparent lack of condemnation by the pandemics of the violent protests in 2019, I expect many pandemics would be willing to condemn genuinely violent protesters, providing they could simultaneously condemn the authorities over their handling of the extradition bill saga. Condemning one side but not the other would send out a seriously and absurd wrong message. I made that point numerous times in 2019. Uh, Herman says the BBC's been losing viewers and listeners for some time. So is RTHK's just decision just part of a trend of Britain's growing loss of soft power? As much as I would love to hear how the rage of Mount Canada explains how the UK's pathetic handling of the COVID problem, protests in London and other parts of the UK, the resignation of UK epidemiologist Neil Ferguson after breaking coronavirus lockdown helps the UK's world understanding, world standing. Canada's legend of length will no doubt instead grab the bull by its horns and squeeze out yet another one of his fragrant pieces that oozes... Uh, that declares RTHK's decision regarding the BBC as a denial of one of the great beacons of truth to the people of Hong Kong and yet another glaring example of Chinese Chinese censorship. But let's do something Canada's great sitting bull probably hasn't done for a while and consider objective reality. If a person in Hong Kong wants to hear the BBC, he can just go on the internet. There's no censorship in the West by Western democracies because they have Facebook, Twitter and Google to do their dirty, dirty work. Uh, some more comments from listeners. Uh, Alan says the stated reason the BBC, ba- the baiting ban the BBC is China's state film, te- TV and radio administration said BBC World News was found to seriously violate broadcast guidelines, including the requirement that the news should be truthful and fair and not harm China's national interests. The BBC is the most trusted news source in the world. They don't give any examples of the BBC not being truthful or fair. Pretty sure those would be things like reporting on Xinjiang and Hong Kong. This implies that RTHK is supporting this assessment of the BBC and thus will never use any BBC source news in the future. Is that true? This is not a tit-for-tat ban. CGTN was banned in the UK because it's a law that TV stations cannot be controlled by political parties. CTTN had falsely claimed it was an independent company when it was effectively a subsidiary of the CCP. 
BBC is notoriously not beholden to the UK government and is hated by many government members. Um, uh, question for Holok Sang, who was on earlier. Anthony said, do you think a news agency should carry disinformation in their channel? Or as Chris Young's Hong Kong Journalist Association said, the audience should be able to tell if the content is misleading or not. Um, and just Mike says, I don't see what difference it makes. No one who is paying attention believes uh, anything, it hears on, anything it hears on the mainstream media. Uh, and uh, one uh, final comment for the moment from Boeing also. What's made RTHK's unilateral decision to terminate its transmission of the World Service special is RTHK is apparently making that decision itself. If RTHK has been told by the mainland's relevant ministry to do so, that will clearly be a breach of Article 22 of the Basic Law and become controversial, which may be why that has not been done. But if RTHK itself decides to pull the plug on BBC World Service, this will set a precedent for other government departments adopting the same practice sporadically or every time a mainland ministry makes a decision which Hong Kong may or may not copy. That will bring us much closer to an effective end of the one country, two systems regime 26 years before its expiry date. Uh, Tim Hamlet, we've been hearing a lot of contrasting views from listeners this morning and, and many, in fact, supporting um, the decision to drop uh, the BBC and saying that um, it's outdated, it shouldn't be on RTHK or that um, it, it, it is inappropriate now that Hong Kong is part of China. There clearly are very diverse opinions about this. Oh, I, I yeah, we we had a significant number of listeners saying that. Mm-hmm. How, how 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 would you respond to that? It's not, I mean it's it's a funny thing to say, really. I mean the the what the the Bill of Rights ordinance says is not only that that people have the right to expression, but also that they have the right to receive information of all kinds from all from all all sources, uh, regardless of frontiers. Um, now, of course, you know RTHK can't. Um, relay services from every country in the world they they have to choose and uh no doubt the the bbc has a certain amount of historic uh, advantages <laughs> to getting on there um because we used to be long long ago linked to britain but uh it's it's no good saying that um you know it's, it's, rthk can choose or not to or not to choose the the what bothers people is is not that rthk has unilaterally decided to pull the plug on the BBC because that is not what's happened. What, what has happened is that the uh, China state authorities have announced that it's no longer acceptable in Chinese territory and uh, within hours it disappears from Hong Kong. Now, you said you're not surprised about this and that RTHK is under pressure. What, what, what other things would you be looking for as a sort of a litmus test of... Um, uh, it, perhaps one litmus test is the fact we're discussing this this morning, right? As, as I mentioned, what, what other things would you be looking at as a litmus test of the state of RTHK going forward? Well, it, it's... Um, you know, these things don't happen... generally don't happen in leaps. They, the, the, the freedom dribbles away while you're not looking. Um, RTHK has done a tremendous job of trying to preserve itself as an independent source of information. And, uh, but it, the, the fact is that the, the people the government listened to would like it to behave like a government department and just push out government propaganda. And uh, obviously every time someone makes a, a news decision at RTHK going forward, the thought will be at the back of their heads that... Um, this is what the lots, 
uh, critics expect, and uh, you know they they have ways of making their um, views felt. Um, but again, authors may not get their contracts renewed, and people who thought they were going to be promoted may not be promoted. And, um, it, it's uh, it's a, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a constant fight, and uh, and in the long run, it's probably not a very promising outcome. But again, we're not seeing that in the much silence at the moment. I mean, when this decision was announced, it was reported on RTHK news side with critics of the decision being um, report, um, quoted within hours of it happening. That doesn't sound to me like the sort of atmosphere you're describing. Well, I'm not describing an atmosphere. I, I'm describing a process. Uh, the, the, the people who work at RTHK have, have done a tremendous job of resisting the pressure on them, but the fact is there is the pressure. Uh, you, you know, this complaints about goodness me they had seven complaints upheld in the last year two years um well it was a very controversial time you know there was a lot going on and uh, very difficult stuff to 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 cover in a way that pleases both sides i i don't think the fact that there have been a number of complaints upheld tells you anything very much except that the broadcasting authority is a bunch of government appointees and, and their views on the subject are not very reliable okay. but uh in the long run RTHK is is not the um, BBC-like thing <laughs> that uh, it, it would like to be. OK, we'll have to leave it there, and I guess time will be the judge. But thank you very much uh, to uh, uh, Tim Hamlet, uh, former associate journalist and professor at Hong Kong Baptist University, Hong Kong Free Press columnist. And earlier we also heard from uh, Eugene Chan, former chair of RTHK's Board of Advisors. I'll, I'll leave the last word on um, uh, this to uh, one of our listeners um, under an email titled Naval Gazing from James. It says, I think it's good that you have this discussion, but does it really matter? Should BBC relay RTHK service, as Britain is now so interested in Hong Kong? RTHK is under attack. The English news service is good and staffed by quality journalists of both foreign and local origin. The Chinese language stations also remain very popular. Government-sponsored public broadcasters around the world are under attack, such as funding to BBC and Australia's ABC. Meanwhile, public opinion surveys indicate high levels of trust for public broadcasters. I hope RTHK remains relevant and concentrates on reporting in a fair and accurate way on Hong Kong. Unfortunately, the administration has politicised RTHK while throwing money at TVB. Again, the Kerry Lam policy is divide and rule. Take this as a time to put more resources into English content. Thank you very much indeed, James. Uh, moving on, another proposal for premium taxes. It seems to come up with um, every couple of years. Uh, the uh, previous proposal yeah. didn't, didn't actually win a great deal of support, but the taxi trade itself putting forward a, another proposal uh, for premium taxes. Uh, they want to roll out six-seater ta six taxis, and they hope that uh, this will win back some of the customers they've lost to Uber, which, although being illegal in Hong Kong, is attracting a substantial number of customers. Uh, to discuss this latest proposal, we're joined by Quentin Chan, Quentin Cheng, sorry, a spokesperson for the Public Transport uh, Research Team Concern Group. Good morning, Mr. Cheng. Um, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Uh, do you think that the, this latest proposal from the taxi trade for premium taxis, do you think it stands any chance of success? Um, I, I, I welcome all oh, proposals that as improved as flower. I think that that's always a good. Uh, I'm. Uh, 
I'm sorry, we can hardly hear you, Mr. Cheng. Maybe you oh. try, try moving slightly. Okay, try again. Yeah, uh, I well, we welcome all uh, proposals that uh, try to improve uh, taxi service. But uh, is it possible to win back passenger from Uber? I have a doubt on that. Hmm. Why, why uh, do you why do you have doubts on that? Uh, because um, what well, taxi service really push people to Uber or some other means of uh, uh, service. Is um, they are bad uh, behavior? I think not. Not the uh, only the the type of vehicle they provide. Mostly, uh, it's about the attitude of the taxi drivers. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly mm. about the service. And uh, um, but but these are complicated uh, issues because um, not just um, not not just uh, they they are. Not all the taxi drivers are mean to uh, provide bad service to to uh, mm. all the people, uh, but some uh, uh, current uh, patches in the industry will, make, will drive them to do so. Uh, so not just uh, promoting new type of vehicle will get better passengers, but I don't think so. They also have to focus how to. Um, Manage better of their taxis uh, drivers and the whole industry. Okay, so um, you, there's really no point on concentrating on these uh, luxury taxis at the moment until they yeah, focus yeah, on yeah, those yeah. issues. We are yeah. talking about six seaters now, where the family members or 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 people with like some of the goods and stuff like they can ride on those uh, taxis. Uh, rather than those four seaters, mm. so so they're providing that to sort of like trying to win over. What do you think about that strategy? Well, we will, I think it's good because uh, uh, nowadays uh, maybe we go going out with including your children and your old, uh, and your yeah, the elderly and there are kids and and sometimes there's a lot of parcels to bring around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I think that's good, but. Um, I, I think uh, there are more things that um, besides uh, proposing six seaters uh, mm. uh they are, I think the um, access to wheelchair is more important to all taxis, not just uh, those uh, maybe some uh, premium service on that. It's more uh, important for for do so than just putting six seaters. Okay, thank you very much. We'll have to. We're out of time. We'll have to leave it there. That was uh, Quentin Cheng, uh, the spokesperson for Public Transport Research Team Concern Group. Thank you very much. Also, Nixie, uh, the weather forecast: it will be fine and dry. It's been cool in the morning. Uh, maximum temperature will be about twenty-two degrees uh, later, but it's currently eighteen degrees. Relative humidity fifty-one percent. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. The Greater Bay Area Youth Employment Scheme provides Hong Kong residents awarded bachelor's degrees or above in twenty nineteen to twenty twenty-one with job and career opportunities in the Greater Bay Area mainland cities. The scheme's job vacancies offer salaries of at least $18,000 per month. Employers may apply for an allowance. For details, visit the Labor Department's website at jobs.gov.hk slash gbayes or call 2969-0446. The News with Samantha Butler. 
According to the Times newspaper, nearly 5,000 Hong Kong residents have applied for visas to live, work and study in the United Kingdom under a new pathway for citizenship for BNO passport holders. Government sources told the UK newspaper that about half of the 5,000 applications received were from Hong Kong people already in Britain who'd been offered temporary settlement while awaiting the visa change. The head of the Hong Kong Doctors' Union, Henry Young, says around 1,000 private clinics have already signed up to help with the government's COVID-19 vaccination drive, which is expected to start next month. Dr Young said private clinics would offer the Sinovac vaccine, which was easier to store compared to the BioNTech jabs. And the U.S. authorities have charged three North Koreans with conspiring to steal more than a billion dollars in cash and cryptocurrency from banks and businesses worldwide. A U.S. Justice Department indictment described the three intelligence agents as the world's leading bank robbers. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer, great interpreter of Beethoven. And by oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. to you and welcome to Thursday here on the Morning Brew. Well, as always, it's Steve Vines Day, so join him at 10.10 to chat about the latest social distance inspired dance craze, which involves being in, then out, then in, then out, whilst trying not to shake it all about too much. Plus, of course, all the rest of the week's small print in the funny pages. After 11 today, our down under man, Jared Watt, has a quick Aussie news flash for you. And we're going to meet our vet, Dr. David Gething, after 11.30 at his normal time. I think he had a letter from uh, somebody very young. says, please tell me about getting my first dog. So we're going to start with that and see where it takes us. If you've got any questions for Dave, morningbrew at rthk.hk. And finally today at 12.10, we're off to Venice in Italy for a wine tasting, of course, with Maestro JCPNs. Do join us on Facebook Live on and off throughout the morning.